Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview of Shifts Happen, featuring my co-host Luke Groman. In this episode, we look at the battle going on as a world built around paper is forced to shift to a world built around the real. We examine the declining options available to central banks, the economic suicide of the EU, and what a reset might look like. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including The Endgame, The Super Terrific Happy Hour, The Narrative Game, This Week in Doom, and this new series, Shifts Happen, is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts. All members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So... If you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, then please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, on with the show. Luke, welcome, mate. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today, Grant? I am very, very well indeed. Very well indeed. I'm fascinated by this ongoing carnival we're watching um, <laughs> as things that weren't supposed to happen happen and things that shouldn't have happened do. I mean, it, it really is fascinating, you know, and, and again, uh, it, it's the theme of the show, but this is these are all things that you've been talking about for for an extraordinarily long time, which is why I'm so thrilled to get this chance to, to talk this through you, kind of live time, as it were, as it all kind of unfolds. And, and where I want to start this week, Luke, if I can, is the ruble, because we saw an awful lot of crowing uh, the day after sanctions kicked in when the ruble collapsed and we had people talking about how this was the end of the ruble and, you know, Putin's going to regret the day he ever did this. And, and that kind of flew in the face of of your theory about what's really important here, which of course is energy and not necessarily paper currencies. So let's talk about the ruble, where it is now, how it got here, and what you see going on in that. Yeah, I mean, we, like you said, it, it collapsed, I think, to 120 or something in the days after this, the initial sanctions were put in place. And President Biden was saying the ruble is rubble as uh, um, as a result of those sanctions. And, and that was pretty much, <laughs> I think, the bottom in the ruble. And what we've seen is the uh, the Russians have have basically deployed their energy in a manner uh, to defend the ruble, and it's in a manner that you and I talked about back on March 11th, just hypothesizing of uh, how they might go about doing that. And so what they did was they just said, "Listen, okay, you got to have rubles for gas," and and they've stuck to that. And we've started to see various European uh, energy companies, excuse me, buying in rubles. Uh, it's a bit of a convoluted process where they take the euros and they put it in Gazprom Bank and then Gazprom Bank converts them to rubles. And, and there's still some opacity, as far as I can tell, regarding uh, whether 
Gazprom Bank is creating new rubles or if they're bidding for rubles in the open market or if they're going to the central bank of Russia and and, and the central bank is creating rubles. But the punchline to all of it is that the ruble has gone from, call it 120 on the dollar shortly after the sanctions. Uh, yesterday, it was up 7% to break under 60. Today, it's up another 4%, 56 it's strengthening meaningfully. And effectively, it's this mismatch. You hear a lot of conversation. Uh, I had one earlier this week and over the weekend with people uh, about, is it a real move? Is it not a real move? Uh, and, right, and, I, right. and it's this really interesting bifurcation, I think, between people that live their lives in the paper world, in the financial markets, and they say it's not a real move and I, I can't trade it and no one's stockpiling it. And they're, look, there's no trading volume, there's no trading depth, and all of which is true. Yeah. But I think that's a, there, there's a much more fundamental misperception in that, which is these are people that have always, the, 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 the paper markets are reality. And what we're seeing is a splintering between the paper markets and reality. That's what we're seeing with inflation. That's what we're seeing with, with, with this uh, as well. And so what I mean by that is, yes, you, it's very hard to trade the ruble. Uh, there's a, a retail gap, black market rate, uh, between uh, the ruble rate and what you see on your screens uh, reportedly. Fundamentally, that completely ignores what's going on here, which is the Russians said, we want ruble for our gas, and the European Union buys at current prices about $150 billion per year of Russian energy. And so basically, the paper sort of people in the paper world are looking at this going, well, the volumes stink over here, and I can't, what do I do with it? And, and it's like there's this elephant in the room, which is, there is a market over here for energy, which is 150 billion bid, no offers. Right. And, and, and the alternative to that is, is you can freeze in the dark, Europe. You can have your economy collapse. You can have your debt markets collapse. You can have your markets collapse. You can have tens of millions of people starve. What do you want to do? And I, what I find is the people on the paper side are like, well, but I can't trade it. But there's this black market and then the Russian retail... This is like the sideshow, the paper side, the Russian retail spread. That's all a sideshow. The real game is this $150 billion bid, no offers in the ruble, uh, which has allowed the Russians to strengthen, defend uh, the ruble. Um, yes. Is it a one-sided market? Absolutely. With that said, what we did to the Russians turned the ruble into a one-sided market the other way, but everyone kind of kind of leaves that out right, um, right. As, as, hey, you know, they are um, they are sort of trying to defend that. And what's been interesting to me within all this is part of the defense of the ruble that we saw, the Russian central bank took rates to 20%, along with this move to demand uh, uh, ruble for gas. And once the ruble for gas got put in place, uh, shortly thereafter, the ruble began rising. Russian central bank dropped rates to 17%, and the ruble still rose. And then the Russian central bank took the, the rates down to 14%, and the ruble still rose. And then they started opening up uh, FX accounts for companies back to both ways, and the ruble's still rising. And yesterday, the headline came out, you retweeted it, noting that the Russian central bank is actually selling rubles uh, for other currency, and the ruble's still yeah. rising. And so I think that, that 
fact pattern, regardless of sort of the gnashing of teeth and the amongst the paper trading world of, oh, this isn't a real market. It's one way. I can't trade it. There's this spread is the ruble just keeps going up when it should be going down. Every single thing I just listed of those factors should have driven the ruble down. And it's still going up despite those factors. And I think what that speaks to is something you and I talked about back in March. And, and again, the last time we talked, which is the real value is energy. And, and, and basically, that's what Putin is putting right in everybody's face. And I think that's part of what, why everyone is so worked up about it, why they're so angry about it is, is the paper traders are being told, listen, you're, this is a sideshow. Here's the real game. Energy is the real game. You can trade ruble all you want if you've got gas to buy. But if you don't have gas to buy, get out of here. We don't want your paper trading of our currency. It's, it's, it's a sideshow. Well, it's fascinating, right? Because when we talk about the shifts that are happening, this is the piece of the puzzle that, in terms of recognizing that I'm confused that people don't see, and that is the shift overall. There are many concurrent shifts, but one of the biggest ones is this shift from the paper to the real again. You know, this is what happens when fiat currencies reach the end of their lifetime. We go back to something that's real. And previously, it's been a gold standard. If you read history at any point in the last couple of hundred years, whenever things got fractious or there were problems, we would go back to a gold standard. It just so happens that this shift is taking place again, but for energy instead of gold, because energy is the new gold and energy is absolutely vital, as we've seen, to all parts of the economy. And so when people talk about the ruble being a, a, you know, a, a, a fake market, to your point, it doesn't really matter. The energy market is the real market and fiat currencies have been proven to be worth the paper they're printed on. You can't say that for energy. And you definitely can't say that for energy in a world where supply is being restricted by White House policy in America and policy across the Western world. And you now have this block emerging between Russia and China that is only going to get stronger unless things change. And, and I just, I struggle to see how things change in a way that is negative for this dynamic and negative for the ruble. Can you see any way that could happen? I think it would have to be geopolitical in nature because you're right. I mean, basically what, yeah. they've, what they've put, they basically put the ruble on a gas standard, right? People, <laughs> people say to me, well, I can't get rubles out. I'm like, why would you want to get rubles out? It's not a two-way market. Yeah, it is. You put money in and gas comes out. That's a two-way market. And until that changes, it's a two-way market. It's, a, it's basically a gas standard. It, it, what could change? Look, if we woke up tomorrow and uh, there's been a coup in Russia and Putin's gone and a lot of the Russian hardliners are gone and they've been replaced by sort of 1990s IMF, uh, US, uh, I'll be gentle here, uh, managers, right? You know, so you get, you know, Stan Fisher and Larry Summers and everyone basically in there helping the oligarchs loot the Russian system again to the favor of the West. And they run, you know, they open up the spigots and they open up the taps and 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 away we go. Then I think that is a way that you could see this reverse. Because in, until that reverses, Russia's in the catbird seat. You are in an energy constrained world and they are the biggest uh, producer and energy producer in the world. Uh, when you total up oil and gas, biggest exporter for sure. I don't know that it's by far and away, but they're the key swing producer. They're very low cost. And so as long as 
I think that's really the fundamental disagreement between uh, a lot of the Western policymakers that are that are sort of dollar status quo system uh, friendly, and the Russians is is I think they all know in their hearts the Russians have them by the short hair. They really need regime change. I think we've heard that. Full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.